0: Chapter 7 of The Orange Fairy Book This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Mackenzie. The Orange Fairy Book by Andrew Lang How Ian DeReach Got the Blue Falcon Long ago, a king and queen ruled over the islands of the West, and they had one son, whom they loved dearly. The boy grew up to be tall and strong and handsome, and he could run and shoot and swim and dive better than any lad of his own age in the country. Besides, he knew how to sail about and sing songs to the harp, and during the winter evenings, when everyone was gathered round the huge hall fire-shaping bows or weaving cloth, Ian de Reach would tell them tales of the deeds of his father's. So the time slipped by till Ian was almost a man, as they reckoned men in those days, and then his mother, the queen, died. There was great mourning throughout all the isles, and the boy and his father mourned her bitterly also. But before the new year came, the king had married another wife, and seemed to have forgotten his old one. Only Ian remembered. On a morning, when the leaves were yellow in the trees of the glen, Ian slung his bow over his shoulder, and filling his quiver with arrows, went on to the hill in search of game. But not a bird was to be seen anywhere, till at length a blue falcon flew past him, and raising his bow he took aim at her. His eye was straight and his hand steady, but the falcon's flight was swift, and he only shot a feather from her wing. As the sun was now low over the sea, "'he put the feather in his game-bag and set out homewards. "'Have you brought me much game to-day?' asked his stepmother as he entered the hall. "'Nought save this,' he answered, handing her the feather of the blue falcon, "'which she held by the tip and gazed at silently. "'Then she turned to Ian and said, "'I am setting it on you as crosses and as spells, and as the fall of the year, "'that you may always be cold and wet and dirty, "'and that your shoes may ever have pools in them.' "'till you bring me hither the blue falcon on which that feather grew.' "'If it is spells you are laying, I can lay them too,' answered Ian de Reach. "'And you shall stand with one foot on the great house, and another on the castle, till I come back again, "'and your face shall be to the wind from wheresoever it shall blow.' "'Then he went away to seek the bird, as his stepmother bade him, and, looking homewards from the hill, he saw the queen standing with one foot on the great house and the other on the castle, and her face turned towards whatever tempest should blow. On he journeyed, over hills and through rivers, till he reached a wide plain, and never a glimpse did he catch of the falcon. Darker and darker it grew, and the small birds were seeking their nests, and at length Ian de Reach could see no more, and he lay down under some bushes, and sleep came to him. And in his dream... A soft nose touched him, and a warm body curled up beside him, and a low voice whispered to him, Fortune is against you, Ian de Reach. I have but the cheek and the hoof of a sheep to give you, and with these you must be content. With that, Ian de Reach awoke and beheld Gilly Mertine, the fox. Between them they kindled a fire and ate their supper. Then Gilly Mertine, the fox, bade Ian de Reach lie down as before and sleep till morning and in the morning when he awoke gili said the falcon that you seek is in the keeping of the giant of the five heads and the five necks and the five humps i will show you the way to his house and i counsel you to do his bidding nimbly and cheerfully and above all to treat his birds kindly for in this manner he may give you his falcon to feed and care for and when this happens wait till the giant is out of his house then throw a cloth over the falcon and bear her away with you. Only see that not one of her feathers touches anything within the house, or evil will befall you. I thank you for your counsel, spake Ian de Reach, and I will be careful to follow it. Then he took the path to the giant's house. Who is there? cried the giant, as someone knocked loudly on the door of his house. One who seeks work as a servant, answered Ian de Reach. "'And what can you do?' asked the giant again. "'I can feed birds and ten pigs. "'I can feed and milk a cow, "'and also goats and sheep if you have any of these,' "'replied Ian de Reach. "'Then enter, for I have great need of such a one,' said the giant. "'So Ian Reach entered, "'and tended so well and carefully all the birds and beasts, "'that the giant was better satisfied than ever he had been, "'and at length, he thought that he might even be trusted to feed the falcon. And the heart of Ian was glad, and he tended the blue falcon till his feathers shone like the sky, and the giant was well pleased, and one day he said to him, For long my brothers on the other side of the mountain have besought me to visit them, but never could I go for fear of my falcon. Now I think I can leave her with youth for one day, "'and before nightfall I shall be back again.' "'Scarcely was the giant out of sight next morning "'when Ian de Reach seized the falcon, "'and throwing a cloth over her head, "'hastened with her to the door. "'But the rays of the sun pierced through the thickness of the cloth, "'and as they passed the doorpost, she gave a spring, "'and the tip of one of her feathers touched the post, "'which gave a scream, and brought the giant back in three strides. "'Ian de Reach trembled as he saw him, but the giant only said, If you wish for my falcon, you must first bring me the white sword of light that is in the house of the big women of Uri. And where do they live? asked Ian. But the giant answered, Ah, that is for you to discover. And Ian dared say no more and hastened down to the waste. There, as he hoped, he met his friend Gillimertine the fox, who bade him eat his supper, and lie down to sleep. And, when he had wakened next morning, the fox said to him, Let us go down to the shore of the sea. And to the shore of the sea they went. And after they had reached the shore, and beheld the sea stretching before them, and the isle of Eura in the midst of it, the soul of Ian sank, And he turned to Gillimertine and asked him why he had brought him thither, "'for the giant, when he had sent him, had known full well "'that without a boat he could never find the big women. "'Do not be cast down,' answered the fox. "'It is quite easy. "'I will change myself into a boat, and you shall go on board me, "'and I will carry you over the sea to the seven big women of Eura. "'Tell them that you are skilled in brightening silver and gold, "'and in the end they will take you as servant, "'and if you are careful to please them, will give you the white sword of light to make bright and shining but when you seek to steal it take heed that its sheath touches nothing inside the house or ill will befall you so ian de reach did all things as the fox had told him and the seven big women of eury took him for their servant and for six weeks he worked so hard that his seven mistresses said to each other never has a servant had the skill to make all bright and shining like this one Let us give him the white sword of light to polish like the rest. Then they brought forth the white sword of light from the iron closet where it hung, and bade him rub it, till he could see his face in the shining blade. And he did so. But one day, when the seven big women were out of the way, he bethought him that the moment had come for him to carry off the sword, and, replacing it in its sheath, he hoisted it on his shoulder. But, just as he was passing through the door... The tip of the sheath touched it, and the door gave a loud shriek, and the big woman heard it, and came running back and took the sword from him, and said If it is our sword ye want, ye must first bring us the bay colt of the King of Erin. Humbled and ashamed, Ian De Reach left the house, and sat by the side of the sea, and soon Gillimetti and the fox came to him. Plainly I see that you have taken no heed to my words, Ian de Reach spoke the fox but eat first and yet once more i will help you at these words the hart returned again to ian de reach and he gathered sticks and made a fire and ate with gilly the fox and slept on the sand at dawn next morning gilly said to ian de reach i will change myself into a ship and will bear you across the seas to erin to the land where dwells the king and you shall offer yourself to serve in his stable and to tend his horses Till at length so well content is he that he gives you the bay colt to wash and brush. But when you run away with her, see that naught except the soles of her hoofs touch anything within the palace gates, or it will go ill with you. After he had thus counselled Ian to reach, the fox changed himself into a ship and set sail for Erin. And the king of that country gave into Ian de Reach's hands the care of his horses, and never before did their skins shine so brightly, or was their pace so swift. And the king was well pleased, and at the end of a month he sent for Ian and said to him, You have given me faithful service, and now I will entrust you with the most precious thing that my kingdom holds. And when he had spoken, he led Ian de Reach to the stable where stood the bay colt and ian rubbed her and fed her and galloped with her all round the country till he could leave one wind behind him and catch the other which was in front i'm going away to hunt," said the king one morning while he was watching ian tend the bay colt in her stable the deer have come down from the hill and it's time for me to give them chase then he went away and when he was no longer in sight ian Dereach led the bay colt out of the stable and sprang on her back but. As they rode through the gate, which stood between the palace and the outer world, the colt swished her tail against the post, which shrieked loudly. In a moment, the king came running up, and he seized the colt's bridle. "'If you want my big colt, you must first bring me the daughter of the king of the Franks.' With slow steps went Iandy reached down to the shore, where Gilly the fox awaited him. "'Plainly, I see.' "'that you have not done as I bid you. "'Nor will you ever do it,' "'spoke gilly the fox. "'But I will help you yet again. "'For a third time I will change myself into a ship, "'and we will sail to France.' "'And to France they sailed, "'and, as he was the ship, "'the gilly sailed where he would, "'and ran himself into the cleft of a rock "'high unto the land. "'Then he commanded Ian de Reach "'to go up to the king's palace, "'saying that he had been wrecked that his ship was made fast in a rock, and that none had been saved but himself only. Ian de Reach listened to the words of the fox, and he told a tale so pitiful that the king and queen and the princess their daughter all came out to hear it. And when they had heard, naught would please them except to go down to the shore and visit the ship, which by now was floating, for the tide was up. Torn and battered was she, as if she had passed through many dangers, yet music of a wondrous sweetness poured forth from within bring hither a boat cried the princess that i may go and see for myself the harp that gives forth such music and a boat was brought and ian de reach stepped in to row it to the side of the ship to the further side he rowed so that none could see and when he helped the princess on board he gave a push to the boat so that she could not get back to it again and the music sounded always sweeter "'though they could never see whence it came, "'and sought it from one part of the vessel to another. "'When at last they reached the deck and looked around them, naught of land could they see, "'or anything save the rushing waters. "'The princess stood silent, and her face grew grim. "'At last,' she said, "'an ill trick you have played me. "'What is this that you have done, and whither are we going?' "'It is a queen you will be,' answered Inderich. "'for the king of Erin has sent me for you, "'and in return he will give me his bay colt, "'that I may take him to the seven big women of Uri "'in exchange for the white sword of light. "'This I must carry to the giant with the five heads "'and five necks and five humps, "'and in place of it he will bestow me the blue falcon, "'which I have promised my stepmother, "'so that she may free me from the spell "'which she has laid on me.' "'I would rather be wife to you,' answered the princess. By and by the ship sailed into a harbour on the coast of Erin, and cast anchor there. And Gilimertine the fox bade Ian de Reach tell the princess that she must bide yet a while in a cave amongst the rocks, for they had business on land, and after a while they would return to her. Then they took a boat and rowed up to some rocks, and as they touched the land, Gilimertine changed himself into a fair woman, who laughed, and said to Ian de Reach, "'I will give the king a fine wife.' Now the King of Erin had been hunting on the hill, and when he saw a strange ship sailing towards the harbour, he guessed that it might be Ian de and left his hunting, and ran down to the hill to the stable. Hastily he led the bay colt from his stall, and put the golden saddle on her back and the silver bridle over his head, and with the colt's bridle in his hand, he hurried to meet the princess. "'I have brought you the King of France's daughter,' said Ian de and the King of Erin looked at the maiden and was well pleased, not knowing that it was Gillimertine the fox. And he bowed low, and besought her to do him the honour to enter the palace, and Gillimertine, as he went in, turned to look back at Ian and laughed. In the great hall the king paused, and pointed to an iron chest which stood in a corner. In that chest is the crown that has waited for you for many years, he said, and at last you have come for it and he stooped down to unlock the box. In an instant, Gillimertine the fox had sprung on his back and gave him such a bite that he fell down, unconscious. Quickly, the fox took his own shape again and galloped away to the seashore, where Ian de Reach and the princess and the bay colt awaited him. I will become a ship, cried Gillimertine, and you shall go on board me. And so he did, and Ian de Reach let the bay colt onto the ship, and the princess went after them, and they set sail for Jure. The wind was behind them, and very soon they saw the rocks of Uri in Then spoke Gillimertine, the fox, Let the bay colt and the king's daughter hide in these rocks, and I will change myself into the colt, and go with you to the house of the seven big women. Joy filled the hearts of the big women, when they beheld the bay colt led up to their door by Ian de Reach. And the youngest of them fetched the white sword of light, "'and gave it into the hands of Ian "'who took off the golden saddle and the silver bridle, "'and went down the hill with the sword "'to the place where the princess and the real colt awaited him. "'Now we shall have the ride that we have longed for,' "'cried the seven big women, "'and they saddled and bridled the colt, "'and the eldest one got upon the saddle. "'Then the second sister sat on the back of the first, "'and the third on the back of the second, "'and so on for the whole seven. "'And when they were all seated, "'the eldest struck her side with a whip, And the colt bounded forward over the moors she flew and round and round the mountains. And still the big women clung to her and snorted with pleasure. At last she leapt high in the air and came down on top of Monai, the high hill where the crag is. And she rested her forefeet on the crag and threw up her hind legs. And the seven big women fell over the crag and were dead when they reached the bottom. And the colt laughed and became a fox again and galloped away to the seashore, where Ian de and the princess, and the real colt, and the white sword of light, were awaiting him. "'I will make myself into a ship,' said gilly the Fox, "'and will carry you and the princess, and the bay colt, and the white sword of light, back to the land.' And when the shore was reached, gilly the Fox took back his own shape, and spoke to Ian de in this wise. "'Let the princess, and the white sword of light, and the bay colt, remain among the rocks, and I will change myself into the likeness of the White Sword of Light, and you shall bear me to the giant, and instead he will give you the Blue Falcon. And Ian direach did as the fox bade him, and set out for the giant's castle. From afar the giant beheld the blaze of the White Sword of Light, and his heart rejoiced. And he took the Blue Falcon and put it in a basket, and gave it to Ian de Reach, who bore it swiftly away to the place where the Princess and the Bay Colt and the Real Sword of Light were awaiting him. So well content was the giant to possess the sword he had coveted for many a year, that he began at once to whirl it through the air, and to cut and slash with it. For a little while, gilly let the giant play with him in this manner. Then he turned in the giant's hand, and cut through the five necks, so that the five heads rolled on the ground. Afterwards he went back to Ian de reach, and said to him, Saddle the colt with a golden saddle and bridle her with a silver bridle, and sling the basket with a falcon over your shoulders, and hold the white sword of light with its back against your nose. Then mount the colt, and let the princess mount behind you, and ride thus to your father's palace. But see that the back of the sword is ever against your nose, else, when your stepmother beholds you, she will change you into a dry faggot. If, however, you do as I bid you, "'She will become herself a bundle of sticks.' "'Ian de hearkened to the words of Gillimertine, "'and his stepmother fell as a bundle of sticks before him, "'and he set fire to her and was free from her spells for ever. "'After that, he married the princess, "'who was the best wife in all the islands of the West. "'Henceforth he was safe from harm, for had he not the bay colt who could leave one wind behind her and catch the other wind, and the blue falcon to bring him game to eat, and the white sword of light to pierce through his foes? And Ian de Reach knew that all this he owed to Gillimertine the fox, and he made a compact with him that he might choose any beast out of his herds, whenever hunger seized him, and that henceforth no arrow should be let fly at him or at any of his race. But Gillimertine the fox, would take no reward for the help he had given to Ian de Reach, only his friendship, thus all things prospered with Ian de Reach till he died. from Tales of the West Highlands, end of How Ian de Reach got the Blue Falcon, recording by Kate Mackenzie.